This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Farrell. This is Lynn Farrell, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose. Think about that. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles and faith-filled obedience. Praise God for his grace to do these things and to keep our eyes fixed on him and follow after him. Well, we've been in Psalm 131 talking about having a quieted heart, a heart that hears, and a I know we just want to jump in and keep going. Yeah, a quiet soul. A quiet soul is a heart, or a quiet heart, is a heart that has the ability to hear, and so we're really trying to drill down on hindrances of hearing, mm-hmm. and those things that compete for our heart, that either harden it or dull it from its ability to hear. And we have used keyed off of Psalms 131, where David said intentionally, I've learned to quiet my soul. So I want to ask you a question today. What is the decibel level of your soul? What's the decibel level of your heart? We live in unique times where because of media and technology, technology and media, we have the ability to be connected to voices 24-7. Now, our house, uh, we play Christian music, but we don't have a television in the front room. Uh, And sometimes we don't play music constantly. In comparison, and this is a dangerous thing to do. It hasn't always been that way. But it hasn't always been, been that way. Yeah. But again, we've learned the fruit and effect of cutting off outside voices so that our souls can be more contented and quiet, be quieted when we refuse and choose mm-hmm. to not just say we're going to do what the world wants us to do. The world says, I have something to say to you and I want you to listen to me and I'm going to promote myself. I wanna try to captivate your attention. I want to entertain you. I want my voice to be the most significant voice in your life and so and i think in our culture knowledge is power has been this thing mm -hmm. so it's like more knowledge more knowledge more 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 we just we need more information to have more knowledge and some of those voices think that their opinions are more important than other opinions Mm -hmm. or the thoughts that they have thought are the highest form of thinking that can be thought and they say we want you to think like us And so they want to promote their voice to be significant to where they leave the stamp of their thoughts, their knowledge, their perspective Mm -hmm. on your thinking. And so it, it, some of these voices are good. You know, they're just sharing good things or good information or things that are a passion for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we, not you necessarily. I think you took one for the team, but you know, I have kind of this affinity 
of what it would be like to live a simpler life. So I've watched some videos and some couples that are doing homesteading and they talk about growing their food and they talk about raising livestock. And, and so I wanted to get on an education curve mm -hmm. if I wanted to explore doing that with my spare time. <laughs> I wish these were green. <laughs> um, and so Carmen and I, because they were kind of interesting, you know, neat. things that couples had learned. Well, that information was empowering to us because it was letting us know skills and skill sets and information that they've learned, but it was not brainwashing. I didn't walk away from any one of those episodes saying, unless you're a homesteader, you have failed at life. They offered it as an alternative life yeah. to the hustle, the bustle, the grind, you know, the going and the getting that many in America have fallen into. It helped me to know that I need to know what kind of potato I'm planting if it's <laughs> yeah. to expect and, it to and grow. Based upon where you live, the <laughs> longitude and latitude of where you live in, in our nation. That was funny. But there are also some sinister voices where they are lifted up in their thinking. And they think that they, they, they're in competition with God who has revealed to mankind truth, and they want to suppress the truth of God. They want to displace mm -hmm. the truth Twisted. of God, and they want to idolize their opinion. And, and it's, not, it's not enough for them to say, I have this opinion. They want to say, you must have this opinion as well. And we have designed delivery systems to shape and form your opinion. So at one time in my life, I, when I would hear these opinions that are not my opinions, because, you know, I'm, I, I'm a biblically literate person. And I would say, this contradicts the clear teaching of scripture. And, and I want to align my heart with the truth of God's word. It, it would just irritate me. And so I would obsess and my soul would start getting upset and noisy because this person believed something that was opposing uh, what I believe. But then also I would become offended for God mm -hmm. as if God is being bullied by these people and God cannot... Uh, do his own street fighting. And so I would get upset and I would get angry and the decimal level of my soul would ratchet up. And so I had to reach a place where I said, or where I had to say to myself, why are you doing this to your soul? Because this is doing damage to you. You know what? If you didn't know that they were saying this, you'd have a lot more peace in your life. And it was amazing when I turned down the volume of the voices that was speaking to me where there was less competition in my heart, I started hearing God more and I started getting more peace because I'm relating to the guy who's in control of everything. That's right. And, and I can't tell you how many times I would just have the Lord say, you need to just peace be still. You need to, to not get agitated over that. It's well in hand. Mm. I am the sovereign one. And, and I hold these men's hearts in my hand. Mm -hmm. And some of them are going to rise up. And some of them I'm going to put down. But it's all 
all according to my plan and you need to rest in me, Lynn. You need to find your contentment, your security. You need to find your hope and help in me. And so I want to encourage believers right now that if you're one of these agitated believers and you know it agitates you to a place of anger and and you are living in reaction to forces, sinister forces, uh, you're living a life of just reacting to the devil and you're incapable then of hearing and then responding to God's voice. Um, I want to just encourage you, shut down the number of voices that you're allowing to speak into your life. So sometimes uh, cable uh, channels uh, and cable news networks, they have this news cycle that goes on 24-7. Just turn it off because a lot of times it's just regurgitating the same talking points over and over and over and over. And that's what I call indoctrination. Mm -hmm. That's what I call propaganda. It's mind molding and it's opinion shaping. And they're not giving you news anymore. Mm -hmm. They're just telling you this is the narrative that we want you to believe. And if you want truth, we know where to look for it. Yeah, you're not going to find truth out there in the world. You're going to find it in God's word and in your prayer closet before the Lord, having the voice of the Spirit of God. And so our culture has been cultivating a way where it is what I call a fire-readying culture. And, you know, that's a little turn of phrase. And for those of you that, uh, you know, have gotten into, you know, uh, trying to be a, a person that has an accurate aim and firing a gun, we always, we always try to tell our kids, if we're teaching them how to use a firearm, we go, okay, ready? In other words, yeah, how you have the gun up against your mm-hmm. shoulder and your anchor points and all that thing ready and then get your breathing down and then aim and then fire. But the world has uh, developed a reactionary philosophy that it is fire ready aim. And, and so literally it's just chain reactions. You say something and I just react. Mm-hmm. And so I have said over and over again that James 1.19 gives us an outline of a, of a ready aim fire life. He says, I want you, let every person be quick to listen. So that means that I'm not talking all the time. It's good. And that I'm listening for comprehension. I'm not just going, okay, 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 okay. You know, uh, you're talking. Take a breath uh, so I can jump in. Yeah. Or while you're talking, I'm, I'm hearing, but I'm already forming what I'm going to say to you. No, I'm listening for comprehension. Mm-hmm. I'm seeking to understand you and what you're trying to say. But then James also said, be slow to speak. So I want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, In other words, not everything I'm thinking as a result of my listening (laughs) needs to be shared. That's good. And then it says, slow to anger. God wants me to have self-control, management of my emotions, because words, which are vehicles that 
uh, you know, communicate a thought or an opinion, man, they can they can trigger emotions. And that is a, a word that is often used in our culture now. That person got triggered. or Man, that triggered me. What they're saying when they say that, it wasn't that the thought necessarily did something to my mind. I'm rejecting the thought, matter of fact. Mm -hmm. But what it did was it set something off emotionally in mm -hmm. me where, where I could not manage my emotions in the moment. And it also gives people, I mean, I think when people say that too, they're showing they've given up the ownership or the management of those things are like, well, I, I couldn't, you know, I have no self-control. It's right. whatever people. They do said that to me. Me. Yeah, they said that to me. Yeah. They said that to me. And I just, you know, I couldn't help myself. I, right. I've heard that so many times and I wish I were just describing people in the world. Yeah. Yep. But unfortunately, because we have not, um, developed and allowed God to develop within us a quiet, contented soul that results in a, an enduring and a living hope. We have ended up being a, a mirror of the culture in which we're in. So many Christians right now are as clamorous and noisy and boastful and loud and and uh, trying to vie for a significance uh, in the world today as much as many people in the world. It's like there is this, we take what is in the world, the, sometimes the worst mm -hmm. of what the world is doing and is, and then we're trying to replicate it in the church. So I want to make sure that I learn to lower the decimal level and what mm -hmm. creates a noisy a decibel level in my heart and soul so that I can find the center of quiet. I'm going to use that phrase a number of times. And this is what the ancients or early Christians called it. It's getting to the center of quiet. Now, I want to just talk about going back to something that I said before. What is the enemy? What is the enemy, the greatest enemy, of the quiet, restful soul. I said to you that David in verse one reveals and show and tell an issue that he had to deal with. And it was his spiritual pride or it was his pride of life. Now in this passage, he talks about three things that he had to identify that were the results and the effects of pride upon his soul. And when he says, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do this, it was because he recognized the danger of doing that, that it fed the pride, and it did not uh, you know, do a surgical work on pride. And when he dealt with these three issues, it brought him to a place of humility and did a death blow to his pride to where he could say, my eyes are not lifted up too high and my heart is not lifted up. My heart's in a good place. It's in a right place. It's in a place of humility. Now he said this, he said, my soul is not lifted up. It is not lifted and it is not being raised, which means David saying, I'm not taking a place that God has not given me. Now, Paul, 
in his apostolic instruction told us that we're not to think of ourselves too highly or more highly than we should. This is the same type of thought that David is saying. He said, my heart is not lifted up. It's not elevated and my eyes are not raised too high. And so pride can be deceptive to cause our vision and perspective to be uh, about ourselves and our role and place in the world Mm -hmm. and our significance. And and this is counterintuitive to a lot of teaching here in the church. You are somebody, you know, you are significant. And there is a basis of truth all in that. But what made you significant is Jesus. (laughs) That he allowed your life to be hid in his. Yeah, hidden. The only life that has been worthy of expression in human history history is Jesus's life. He's the gold standard of, of, of human life because it was a human life that was perfect. And what made it perfect, it was without fault, without blemish, it was sinless. Mm-hmm. And it was a, an expression of complete and utter yielding obedience to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanna say, I want my life to have significance. Well, the way my life is significant is that Jesus has allowed me to share with him in his identity. That's right. Um, he's allowed me to share in his nature. He's allowed me to share in his life. And, and so Christ, who is my life when he appears, I can appear with him in glory. But there is no separation of, 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 of his existence from mine and that that says, well, Lynn, uh, you know, has this what is what makes Lynn's life valuable. Paul expressed it this way. He said, the things that I thought were gained to me, those thought, things that I thought were going to be an advantage, my education, my heritage, um, you know, my knowledge, all those things. He goes, after I met Christ, I realized it's all garbage. It's yeah. going to be put on the garbage heap of history. None of this really matters in comparison to the greatness of knowing knowing. Jesus intimately. And so I can deceive myself even as a Christian in thinking that God's will in my generation revolves around me. Mm -hmm. And that guess what? No matter what generation it is, no matter... um, you know, the significance of our times, the critical nature of our times. Uh, there is one person who is the center of it all, and that's Jesus. So every day I need to bring my life into orientation to him. Yeah. He is the alpha, the omega. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. He is above all. He is in all and through all. And so I want to make sure that I just say, Lord, I I am your humble servant. I am a son or I am a daughter that honors your fathering work. You know, use me, just what Mary said in her humility. Let it be done unto me according to your word. But this will abound to the glory of God. Not your fame, not your notoriety, 
and, and, and not for your quote unquote earthly success. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we're, we're, we're watching over our thoughts to making sure that our thoughts are not too high, too elevated, and that our eyes are not being lifted up to things that really are not a place that God has for me. Mm. And that's, that's emotional maturity. That's a healthy perspective. That's getting comfortable with who God made you to be, mm-hmm. where you're not trying to be somebody else. One of the greatest tragedies that I see in the world, but also in the church, is people are competing with each other to say, I'm, you know, my ministry and my place is more significant than yours. All of us have a role to play in the kingdom of God and its mm-hmm. advancement. But I don't need to compete. We're all in this together. We're on the same team. Right. And, uh, and, and so we need to, to allow God to begin to allow our perspective to be adjusted. And that means that many times our perspective has to be lowered. Because if the opposite of it, I can think too highly and I can raise my gaze too far and not be satisfied. God wants us to have a contented, satisfied soul, Mm -hmm. not settling for second best. But he also wants us not to be trying to do something that he's not asked us to do. Mm. My final thought, and I know we've got a transition, but Rick Joyner that I appreciate. He said this, the difference between obedience and sacrifice. And we know what God said through Samuel to Saul. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And he talked about how sacrifice done with the wrong motive and intention is like idolatry and witchcraft. But he said this, he said, sacrifice that is not required by God. You doing stuff that God has not initiated or invited you into, he said, means absolutely nothing. Matter of fact, it actually um, goes against God's purpose because we begin to build our own kingdom. Because mm-hmm. we want our work, we want our effort to produce something. Mm-hmm. But if it's not out of the initiation and out of the, the, the empowering of the Spirit of God, we end up building something that competes and is counter to the true kingdom. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for the Age Changer Show today. Um, You'll have to come back for the next because I know we said what fights against the quiet spirit. There are three things and we got to the first one of of striving for a place that God has not given me. And I was almost going to have him share those other two so I could quick write them down, but we'll have to get to those next We'll get to them in the next episode. (laughs) So thank you. If you could please um, like this and share this video, it will be able to reach the people that you reach and um, we'll just... Send it out with a with a God. Just let your word run swiftly and be glorified, and let it go. Um, if we have any, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them below, and we'll try to address those. We periodically do a question and answer show. Um, God bless you today, and know that He is with you, and He will empower you because of the things that He commands. To have a, a quiet and a contented heart, He always gives grace for those. So God bless you. Bless you.
What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.